Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Stockwell service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Amazing. Gorgeous to be here this morning, everyone. If we haven't met, I'm normally um, at the central service, so I know I say this every time, but I mean it every time, when it is a treat to be here um, and be together. So, um, amazing. Have you ever um, played the icebreaker challenge where you're given a bunch of marshmallows and spaghetti or newspapers and tape, and as a team, you've got to build the tallest and the most stable structure in a certain amount of time? I'm seeing everyone going, oh, yeah, I've done this, I've done this. I actually hate this icebreaker. (laughs) Does anyone love it? Oh, I know loads of people who love it. I I love it. These are some of the best ones that I found um, pictures of. If you do love this and you think, I want to up my skills in this game, there are lots of videos on YouTube that you can watch on tips on how to build the best marshmallow and newspaper towers that you can. And every one of those videos says, start with the base. It's probably no surprise to us that are good at this game, start with the base. And if you have joined us today, and this is the first time that you've been here, welcome, welcome from me also. And whatever our story, whatever has brought us here this morning, we're together. Um, And it is good to be together. And if you have joined us, we are in the middle of a series that we're looking at Jesus's sermon called, we know it as the Sermon on the Mount. I don't think he sat down and said, I'm now going to give you the Sermon on the Mount. It just happened to be on the mountainside near the Sea of Galilee. And in this sermon, Jesus paints a radical, beautiful, fulfilling picture of life, of who we were made to be and how we're made to live. It is not 10 steps to a nice, good life. It is actually so much more than that. It is a defining, profound capture of the Christian faith. And it is three chapters long. It's found in the book of Matthew in the Bible. Uh, you probably won't be surprised, <laughs> but I'll just say that anyway. Book of Matthew in the Bible. Um, and we're looking at the final image in the sermon today, so we're going to read it. Um, it's a story that Jesus taught about two men, and it's found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Two men built two houses. Two men labored, two men made decisions, two men gave effort and time and resource. Two men built two houses. They did what looked like the same thing, but what they were actually doing was something very different. And what was different was where they started, was where they began, was what they had chosen to build their houses on, 
And it meant that the source of the strength and the sustainability of their houses was impacted by this, the base, the foundation. Because if you would know anything about building, the foundations of a building provide a platform so that the walls and the floor don't separate. They support the weight of the structure evenly so that it remains intact. They tie the different parts of the building together so it doesn't slip and slide. Any mistakes made in the foundation, as tiny as they are, do not outwork themselves as you build the house. In fact, they become more and more obvious and cause greater damage the higher up the building that you go. And when Jesus uses the foundation, the base, as the point of this story, he didn't talk about what the houses look like. He was talking about the foundation. He did it for a reason, because if you haven't already guessed, these two houses are a metaphor for our lives. Every one of us in this room is building a life. The question isn't, are you building a life? The question is, what are you building your life upon? That is the question. And here Jesus is delving into the heart of the gospel, the message of the Bible in this sermon. And most of the people who would have been listening to this sermon live would have been the Israelites, the Jews, the Jewish people. And they would have had the words of a, an ancient sermon that they had probably grown up listening to and learning, which was another mountainside talk given by a man called Moses that's recorded in the Old Testament. When on Mount Sinai, he gathered the Israelites together and he gave them the Ten Commandments. And he said, these are the signposts of life that the God has given us. These are the freedom boundaries that we have to live life within. These are the covenant commitments of love between humanity and God. This is what friendship with God looks like. But we read throughout the Old Testament that the Israelites kept on every time saying yes to them with their mouths and no to them with their lives. Yes with their mouths and no, what, no with their hearts excuse me, which meant that they weren't led to life but to death and simply living under the burdens of rules and regulations that the religious leaders, I was going to say were hell-bent, but actually they were, were hell-bent on making sure that people kept and they totally separated them from life and friendship with God. And so we find Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount saying, you've heard this, I tell you, You've heard the law as the rules and the regulations. I am here to tell you the heart of it. I am here to fulfill it. I haven't come to eradicate that sermon that you've heard. I haven't come to abolish all that has gone before me, but I've come to fulfill everything. I've come as the only person who has lived fully human, fully God. So you get the complete picture of what it was meant to look like for human beings to live in friendship with God. This is it. Jesus was the original Christian. He was saying, with my words and my life, this is life. This is what the commandments were meant to, meant to point you to, but you've turned them into the burden of law and rules and regulations. I've come to fulfill it. So his first sermon, this sermon on the mount, breathes with the echoes of all that has gone before, but isn't simply a new amendment by the next religious leader to say, hey, I've got some more. Jesus is saying, I've come to turn black and white into color. I've come to give you the full picture. I've come to breathe life. 
You were meant for life. You were meant to be living as human beings in friendship with God, being loved by him, loving him and loving other people. In fact, Jesus says all of those commandments that have gone before can be summed up in two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength and love other people as you love yourself. That's it. Which means that the Sermon on the Mount is all about love. It is all about love. Jesus is saying, if you want to know life, build your life on my love. Let the foundation of love be what holds you together. (laughs) Because actually love can't help but lead us to wholehearted living. It's not a life that is everything is put together and it's just fine and nothing touches me and I am all good all the time. That isn't real life. We all know that. But it's a wholehearted life where our pieces are held together, how we think, how we see, how we're known. Wholehearted living is a life of integrity and it comes from love, being known by God and actually finding the safety of his love to then love others from that place, it's overflow. So our lives are in harmony, which means that we flourish not only in our own lives, but together. And we help others do so in the places where we work and live and bring who we are. When we build our lives on love and God is love, we're held together eternally. Not just today, not just when we're together in church, but eternally. And Jesus in this sermon is saying, I'm reminding you of what it is to be human to make choices. To be human is to have the capacity to make choices. And in this sermon, Jesus uses the image, he pits two things against each other. As Liam so incredibly spoke on last week, he said, there's two paths. You can choose which one you're going to walk on. There's two ways to be, two kinds of followers of mine. Choose which one you want to be. There's two houses you can build. Which one are you going to build? He gives us a choice. Excuse me. And this sermon is rich with meaning. There are layers to it and we could study it for the rest of our lives every day and we would find wisdom because Jesus' words are life and life never runs out. But because we don't have, we're not going to sit in this room for the rest of our lives listening to me. I'm going to focus and pull two things out. And as I was preparing and just praying into this morning, there was two words that kept coming to my mind and they were strength and sustainability. I've always... Oh, excuse me, what? I've already mentioned them, strength and sustainability. Strength. I don't know if you've ever been camping in England in the summer, possibly. Uh, Yes, (laughs) it's always an adventure. You never quite know what's going to happen. This is the picture of a festival. Everyone was okay. It was a fun place. Um, But a bunch of us, we took a bunch of young people camping a while ago. Um, And we'd put our tents up in the sun and it was gorgeous. Some people hadn't put their guy ropes in because, you know, the forecast was going to be great. There was nothing unexpected going to happen. Kids put their tents up, ran off, did whatever they were doing. As you probably guessed, that night the storm came. It wasn't a life-threatening storm, but it was a storm that was tough enough to actually mean that some of those tents got washed away. Some came back, their The floor was flooded. Some came back. There was no tent there. So it was just mayhem, basically. What we'd put up in the sun without foreseeing what was to come or preparing for it didn't last when the winds came, when the storm came. It was blown away. There was nowhere to take shelter. And we had to run and look for it elsewhere. Strength is the capacity for endurance. 
It is the ability and the grace to resist attacks. It is the power to produce positive motion. Strength is joy, wisdom, support, and security. And the house that was built on the sand is a little like our tents that blew away. They looked good when all was well. But there was no strength to endure. They weren't built with the storm in mind. They weren't put up and prepared for the storm. So when the winds came, they couldn't resist. What matters isn't looking good when all is well. When thinking, I'm sure we'll be fine. Or giving no mind to what could happen and prepare. It isn't just hearing Jesus' words. It isn't saying one thing with our mouths and living another with our lives. It's not just coming to church or listening to a sermon or singing the songs or saying all the right words and then going out and living a totally different way of life. That is building our lives on sand. That is what building our lives on sand looks like. If all our time and effort and resource and attention is given into what looks good, is given into presenting ourselves well, and given into always thinking about other people and what they might think about us. If our houses are really nicely decorated, we've chosen great paint colour, we've got really nice touches, we've really taken our care on matching the curtains. You know, we are looking good. Like, we're looking great, people are looking at us, all is going well. What happens when the storms come? Our lives will not be held together by the colour of the paint that we've chosen for others to see. Maybe we've spent our lives building our life on our identity and our jobs or on our finances, on what we own, on what we have, on our own capability of holding things together, of being in control. But when the storms come, and we know they will, when the grief and the loss and the disappointment and the confusions come and ultimately our own death happens. If all that we have focused on is what we look like in what we are able to do in our own strength, it is like we've built our house on sand. It will not see us through the storm. And if we're like the foolish man in this story who after the storm goes out and tries again, I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to do this again. If I can just get one more bonus at work, then I'll be strong enough. If I can just finish this project, then I'll be okay. If I can just pull this together, then we're going to make it. Constantly looking for the next thing that we think will make us strong enough to last, strong enough to endure, strong enough to be able to withstand if I can just, if I can just, if this person just does that, then I will forgive them. If this person just says this to me, then I'll be a peacemaker in that situation. Always about if we can just do this, we're always looking to the next thing and we're exhausted. Our hearts are crying out for true peace and true rest. And we're spending all our time and our effort and our energy running around trying to fix trying to fix things ourselves, trying to make it work ourselves. We were never made for that. We were never made for that. If you have tried that, if you have tested that, if, as Jesus says, you're worn out by religion, his invite says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Build your life on mine. Build your life on my words, on my presence in yours. And you will be building on a strong foundation. 
that will last. We were meant to build our lives on a rock that will never crumble. And Jesus says, when you build your life on mine, you will get stronger and stronger and stronger. Because the foundation that gave strength to that first house in the story is Jesus. And when we build our lives on a strength that is bigger than our own, it means that we outlast the storm. When we build our lives on a love that is so wide and high and deep that we can't wrap our minds around it, but we can experience it, we know the power of it to sustain us. Storms remind us that we are not in control. If you have ever watched lightning in the sky or heard thunder or stood at the base of a mountain or watched something else that just makes you realize, I am not in control. I am part of a bigger story that is being told. We were never meant to hold this all together on our own. When we build on the strength that God gives, we can focus on what matters. We're not frantically running around trying to pin everything together in the storm, hold it together. If we just lock the windows tight, huddle in. If we do all of this, if we batten down the hatches, as we love to say, I don't know if you do. <laughs> I always say it in a storm, batten down the hatches. I think it's an old seafaring thing. Who knows? Anyway, uh, oh, anyway, long story as to how that happened. It is not for today, but it just came to my mind then. Anyway, in the storm. <laughs> Back to what is actually planned for today. In the storm, we're not focused on what we're trying to fix and what we're trying to hold together. We're actually able to give our attention to something beyond ourselves, to what is outside of ourselves, to what is happening. We're actually able to give our attention to where God is drawing our attention. And that may be to rest. That may be to just stop and trust him. Or it might be to invite others in when they are also experiencing the same storms. And hey, let come with me. We can sit in this together and find strength together. We'll be able to stand, to endure, to sustain. Sustainability means to continue, to keep alive, to support and to withstand. And sustainable lives bear fruit in every season. We're often given this image in the Bible of being like trees that bear fruit in each season. We're planted by living waters that bear fruit. Jesus often uses the images of our lives bearing fruit, which means that it is nourishment for our own lives in the season that we're in. And that's also seeds of growth for the next season. That's what fruit is. It's nourishment and it's seeds of growth for what is to come. And we're told what good fruit is. It's peace and it's patience and it's kindness and it's goodness and it's gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And we can see these things grow in our lives. This is the fruit that we are meant to bear in every season. Melissa Helser is a um, songwriter and she writes the words to a lot of the, well, some of the songs that we sing here at church. And she tells the story of a time 
time in her life, she has a chronic ongoing illness. And she tells the story of a particularly difficult time with this illness. When she was just worn out by it, she was overwhelmed by it. She felt like her life was on hold as she was trying to manage this sickness. She felt like it wasn't really, she wasn't being who she was made to be or doing what she was meant to do. And she said this to her friend. And her friend said to her, is your life bearing good fruit in this season and she looked at him and she said yes even though this is going on there is good fruit that is being born out of this season there is growth and there is life happening even in the midst of this difficulty even in the midst of this storm We were made to bear fruit in every season. When we are able to build our life on the the foundation, we are then able to lift our eyes to see the bigger picture of the story that we're part of, that yes, this may be a season, but I can still know love. I can still know peace. I can still know hope. I can still know gentleness and kindness and everything else that is of God in this season or I can glimpse it. (laughs) I can have faith to hold on for it. I can have faith for the faith of it, as Lars might like to say. And it is about asking, what is the rhythm of my life for this season? We will bear the fruit when we're meant to, when we find out what the rhythm of our life is for each season. I don't live in the same way today that I lived 10 years ago. My life looks very different, and the rhythm of my heart and my life is very different. The way I live today may not be the way that I live next year or in three years or in five years. And it is about finding the rhythm of our life for the season that we're in. Because we're not meant to be taken out by every storm that surprises us. And so we start all over again. We're meant to be sustained. When we build our lives on a strength that's bigger than our own, it sustains us through every season. And we will know that the storms that come can have their opposite intended effect. I read this um, verse in the Bible a while ago and I took it. Paul wrote it in Philippians and I was like, I'm going to live my life by that. I want that to be my story. He writes this in Philippians. Now I want you to know he was in prison that what has happened to me is actually served to advance the gospel. And in the message paraphrase of the Bible, he says, I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment has had the opposite of its intended effect. Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. This is what I use. When we're building our life on the rock, when our foundations are going in to the words and the presence of Jesus, we can look at a storm and we can say, this will have its opposite intended effect in my life. That is not just nice talks, that is actually faith. When something happens, when we are betrayed and maybe think, how could this take me out? This could lead me to hard-heartedness and never wanting to forgive or share my heart again. No, I will turn this storm around and it will have its opposite intended effect. I will choose to stay soft-hearted and keep my heart open. When I am still carrying things that I am longing for and hoping for and disappointment is knocking at my door and wanting to take root to keep me from life, I say no. This will have its opposite intended effect. My waiting and my longing, I'm going to turn that and I'm going to be grateful in every moment, in every season. 
when someone comes and they try to bring division. And we say, I see this storm and what the intended effect of this is. No, we're going to go to the root of the conflict and we're going to sort it out and we're going to get stronger together. I'm going to work for peace. It will have its opposite intended effect when the lies come at night to whisper to our minds, to isolate and taunt and want to lead us to fear. No, I'm going to whisper the name of Jesus and I'm going to turn this around into an opportunity to trust and not to fear. These storms will have their opposite intended effect. The message of Jesus will prosper in my life and in the lives of those around me. That is what we get to say and that is how we get to live. When we are building our lives on the foundation of Jesus, you will get stronger is his promise. We're only getting better. We're only getting better. As we get to 40 and 50 and 60 and 70, we're going to be more joy-filled, more hopeful, more faithful, more free, because he is always leading us to life. There will be storms. We will know the effect of them. We will feel them. I feel like I've got the last few stories that are all about storms. You've heard me say it. We will feel them. We will know them. We will encounter them. But they can also have their opposite intended effect because he is the foundation that strengthens and sustains for every season. Strength and sustainability need patience. They need us to live patiently. It is a radical choice to live patiently. Living patiently is not living passively. Okay, well, I'm just over here. If God wants to do something, he can, but I'm just going to keep plodding on. I'm just going to be patient. That is not patience. Patience is actively believing that everything matters, that God sees and he knows and his timing is perfect. I am actively trusting that I am known and loved and everything matters. All the decisions that I make matter. Andy Crouch at the Everything Conference a few years ago says you can't build something worthwhile in a moment. It requires patience And he uses the example that you can destruct and devastate in a moment. We can dynamite a building like that. But to build it takes time and creativity and patience and working together. It takes patience. It's digging deep. It's often not glamorous. It's the hard work in the secret places. It requires patience. The foundations of a house are never seen. We don't see the foundations of this building, but we feel them. They are holding this together. The foundations of our life may never be seen, but they will be felt. They will be known because what we are sowing into, where we are digging deep to live wholehearted, true lives, true to who we are, where everything then will come from an overflow. A living a life of strength and sustainability is about the long haul. It's about the choices that we make in every day, and it's about the choices that we make for the generations that are to come. It's about holding that as our mindset. The secret of our futures are hidden in our daily routines. Who do we want to be? What are we building on? If we want a house that is big and strong and beautiful and sustainable, It's a long obedience in the same direction, as Eugene Peterson said. Jesus is calling his followers. If we are a follower of Jesus, he is calling his followers not to shallow displays of religion 
There's enough of that. He's worn out by that. Says in Isaiah, I'm so sick of your festivals. When you think you're impressing me, but actually I want your hearts. I want your hearts. Don't try and impress me. Jesus isn't looking for shallow displays of religion, but deep and true and wholehearted lives built on his words and his presence. Lives not on simply what looks good to each other, but on what will last and sustain and endure. Lives that don't just hear his words, but live them. And as we build our houses, we're not each building on our own separate rocks, on our own individual Jesus. We're building on the rock. We're building together, which means that as we build our houses, we actually get to become the picture that Jesus mentions in the sermon, a city on a hill. A city that is strong and sustainable, that speaks together of the goodness of God in every season. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on a sand. And I have just, you might be thinking, what are Jesus's words? What are they? Jesus spoke so many words, they are recorded in the New Testament of the Bible. But we are just going to read some of them now. And I've actually put together the Sermon on the Mount. It's taken from the message translation, the message paraphrase of the Bible, um, that is just going to come up. So it might read slightly differently than you're used to. Thank you, friends. Um, but we're going to read them. Use these, it will take about four minutes, there's quite a lot of them. Use this time, maybe you want to think about your lunch, that is fine. But if you actually say, I want to build my life on these words. I want to be a follower of Jesus that he imagines, that he dreams of. I want a life of strength and sustainability. Jesus, what I've said is super simple today. It's super simple Jesus was profound, but he didn't complicate things. And so his words actually, they tell us what to do. <laughs> they tell us how to work stuff out in the everyday. And they also tell us what the bigger picture is. And so I've asked the band if they would just play. They're going to come up on the screen. Take them as you will. It may be that there is one sentence that just pricks at your heart and you just stay with that. Feel free, close your eyes, do what you want, do business with God. And if you want someone to pray with you later, you can. Really, I don't want to talk anymore because it's his words and it's his words that we're going to live. So this is our moment just to read them. Maybe we've read them a thousand times. Maybe we've never seen them before. Father, we thank you that your words bring life. We're told that the Bible is alive and active and I want to thank you that you never force us to do anything. Jesus, you told us this whole thing is about choice. You've invited every one of us into life with you, but it's our choice. And I want to thank you, Father, that when we are gathered, you are always gathered with intent to bring us to life. There is no shame and I want to thank you, Father, that where these words, if they trigger anything like shame or condemnation, that is not from you. And we can move on and we can actually see the life that is held, that it is never too late to build differently. And so as we read these words, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak. 
And this isn't weird or intense, it's simply a moment as we're gathered in your church to decide what we will build our lives upon. And so if there are particular situations or just a general sense, bring to life what you want.